and hello everyone and welcome to Rich Sports Talk, Sports Talk with the Million and I'm your host Nolan Rich. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Ah yes, it is fantasy draft season. I know what you're thinking. You're going to outsmart the competition. You're going to be the genius that's going to pull off the secret move that will win your championship. Well, I'm sorry to say that there are some moves you should try to avoid. Now, we're going to do a bunch of these episodes, but we're going to start off with the wide receiver group. Ah, yes, especially in the PPR leagues. These are the money makers. However, there are five wide receivers that you should be wary about drafting high according to their average draft position. Don't fall into the trap. These are the Rich Sports Talk top five wide receivers to not overdraft in fantasy football. Number five, Calvin Ridley. Now, there's going to be a little bit of a trend between my first two picks, but we're going to start first with Calvin Ridley. Now, a lot of you might be saying, well, wait a minute. He's on a talented offense. He has Matt Ryan as a quarterback. This should be great. However, we're forgetting that Calvin Ridley was the third option on that team. They're also going to have a better running game. There's going to be a lot of games where I can see this team being ahead and resorting to the running game. Now, there were a couple of good games for Ridley last year. But do you really want to draft a boomer bust wide receiver that high in the draft? A lot of the drafts I see him going in, I see him going in between the five and eight round selections. I would almost try to draft him after round 10. Look, there is no question he has upside. There's He could have a breakout year. But it'll be very hard to do, especially with Julio Jones in front of him in a great wide receiving core and Matt Ryan, who's going to move the football around. So even though Calvin Ridley could have a breakout year, I'm betting on a ladder in a season closer to last year, which could have some great moments, but in terms of consistency, it will hurt you in fantasy football. Number four, Jarvis Landry. Now, a lot of people might be scratching their heads and saying, wait, Jarvis Landry, especially in a PPR league, isn't he lead the league in receptions over his first five years in the league? Yes, that is true. However, there's a couple of elephants in the room now in Cleveland, one of which is Odell Beckham Jr. They also have tight end David Njoku and a stable of running backs, including Kareem Hunt after week eight. Will Landry still be a productive receiver in fantasy football? Absolutely. But he should not be drafted where he was last year. I see a lot of people trying to draft him as their number one or two option in the first couple of rounds. But the problem in Cleveland is going to be they have a new toy in Odell Beckham Jr. and they're going to want to give him the football. I still think Jarvis Landry will have a very good season as a wide receiver and he will be a valuable mid-round selection. However, if you're planning on taking him in the first five rounds of the draft, be wary because he's going to lose a lot of touches now in Cleveland as he was the only option last season. But now with the stable of running backs and Odell Beckham Jr., he's going to lose some serious targets in the offense. Number three, Golden Tate. Ah, now this one shouldn't come as much as a surprise. I'm not a fan of suspended players. Let's be honest, they're missing a quarter of the season. But Golden Tate should not be targeted, especially in the mid-rounds. Not only because of the suspension, but in terms of production, he's going to an offense where even if he is the number one option, he will be double-teamed. Saquon Barkley out of the Giants and maybe Evan Ingram are the only two viable fantasy options to start the season. And I understand that Tate has been incredibly productive in Detroit. However, Detroit also was in an inside stadium in a division where outside of the Bears had some defenses you can move the football against and Matthew Stafford, who is a great fantasy quarterback. The Giants, we don't know who the quarterback is going to be in week five. It could be rookie Daniel Jones. It could be Eli Manning. 
either of which is not an enticing prospect for a wide receiver who I've been seeing go in the mid-rounds. If you can get him in rounds 11 to 12 as a good stash-away guy on your bench, maybe. But in terms of looking for production, don't look for it from Golden Tate, who is a little bit over the hill in a new offense and, of course, suspended for the first four games with the potential of having a rookie quarterback down the road. Number two, Sammy Watkins. Over the past three years, he has missed an average of five games per season. I'm not kidding him. If you're going to draft a Chiefs receiver, get me Cole Hardman instead. The past three seasons, the most catches Watkins has had, 40. The most yards, 519. And outside of the Rams season where he caught 18 touchdowns, he's averaging three to five touchdowns a year. Look, if you took the name off of Sammy Watkins' jersey and put it on anyone else, you'd look at that receiver as a low-end draft pick or potentially a priority free agent after the draft. You would not look to him being a mid-round or mid-late round pick. If you want to draft Watkins in the 14th round or 13th round and take a flyer and hope Mahomes has a great season, more power to you. But now with Tyreek Hill back and not missing any time, Watkins' production and injury history makes him unattractive and I would say almost undraftable. Almost. And number one, A.J. Green. Now, I know a lot of fantasy players are saying, wait a minute, I understand A.J. Green's hurt, but he could be my stash play and help me win a championship. Well, there's a couple of things that work against you in that. Number one, the last time I checked, Andy Dalton was still the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. They're in a division with three very good defenses in Cleveland, in Pittsburgh, and Baltimore. But the more concerning thing is A.J. Green's injury history. Now, I understand that he has had some very good production when healthy. But let's not forget, two of the past three seasons, he's not he has been impacted by injury and he hasn't been able to finish the season. And if the Bengals are out of it, which I think they will be, they're not going to risk any late season injuries to AJ Green. If he has any lingering issues late in the season, especially around the playoff time, I can see the Bengals sitting him on the bench to making sure that their investment will be worthwhile and that they will not injure their team's biggest star. What you have to keep in mind going to the postseason, if you're thinking A.J. Green could be a valuable commodity, especially come playoff time and a great late season stash, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but the injury history and the history over the last three years is not looking good. And that's our list. Make sure to subscribe to the Rich Sports Talk podcast wherever podcasts are available. And make sure to hit that like and subscribe button so you don't miss all of the latest great content available. And, of course, you can email us richsportstalk at gmail.com. But until next time, I'm Nolan Rich, and this is Rich Sports Talk.